0: pod 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 rugby pod Welcome along to The Rugby Pod, brought to you as usual by our good friends at Guinness. We've got some Guinness Six Nations live shows coming up in the next couple of months, including a very special one-off live show at the official Guinness Six Nations launch event next week on the 22nd of January at the Tobacco Dock in London with Flats and Shanks, Nolly Waterman and Wayne Barnes. Should be a great night. And there are only a few tickets left, so go and check out eventbrite.co.uk to get along to that, as well as our other live shows over the course of the Six Nations in Dublin, Edinburgh and Cardiff. Jim and Goody are with me as usual and friend of the show is in studio. Ulster legend Darren Cave is here as well. How are you, mate? Can you address him properly, please? What did I say? You called him Ulster legend Darren Cave. No, no, no. Ulster
1: legend. Doesn't need to be known by his name. Right. DC thirteen two two nine. That's it. That's uh, how people talk about him in
2: uh You were there. House. You saw it. In my own house. Only me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm actually disappointed no one's commented on it yet. Last week, called a midlife crisis. I phoned John Cunha and I said, mate, where are you getting your haircut?" Belmont Road, Holdfast, we shouted, went in, asked for the John Cooney.
3: What did you do? Picking M- bum.
2: My hair's looking absolutely sweet. Is it? Look a bit better. I said I'm 32, yeah, going bald. That's mm. alright, hey, Does it not look a bit better?
3: Mate, talking of bald, I've just had my hair cut, got the magic dust in, and for all the millions of listeners out there wondering where the magic dust is from, we well, can buy it online. It's nanogen. A- it's nanogen dust. Oh, hold no on a
1: minute. Is this like you're getting your hairdresser in, you're getting your hair dust in? Well, my hair replacement service, if you email warren at cityman.co.uk. <laughs> actually warren at cityman.com and mention my name you get a discount
3: just get the dust in you'll be sweet you don't nah, need to do that you're ginger they don't have ginger dust uh, <laughs> you
1: haven't put the dust in on your on your penalty spot have you I have yeah no you haven't I have. trust me you haven't I can still see a massive penalty spot on the
3: top of your head Phoebe took a picture of me at the weekend when I, as I was putting my shoes on my back was stiff as a board so it does take a while head down she takes a picture on the iPad at the top of my head says look dad you've got a bald spot on your head so I've thrown her out the front door so you speak to me, right <laughs>
0: now. You speak to me like that again
3: you ain't coming back in this house.
0: Been a good weekend, though, Goody? <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, great weekend, actually.
0: We're going to do commentating on Friday night, and then family time.
3: You've not been as active on Twitter, I've seen, this weekend. I oh, mean, kids, it's controversial, sorry.
0: Yeah, you two okay? Like, you guys are going at each other on Twitter a little bit, aren't you? Oh, uh, are we?
3: Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, yeah. It's a few days have gone by. The Wasps' um, attendance... One by 50. Like, who did they play? Krakow. Wasp, Krakow. Uh, Agen. Oh, okay.
1: Won by 50, boys. <laughs> Not many teams to go to France and win by 50. Doing really well, mate. Yeah. So the, the, so cra- yeah, the crowds are good. Yeah, Well, let's talk about it, actually, because uh, Jim's been bagging wasps. About what? Uh, about no one in the stadium, they're going to be playing the championship. The numbers come out, don't they, for premiership rugby attendances. Mm.
0: Bristol killing it.
1: Bristol's first. I mean, on my Bristol's. Second, Leicester Tigers. And third, the Mighty Wasps. Well,
3: that's all that matters, that. I think
1: Saracens are down in 10th, mate. You've got no fans, you've got no owner. You got no salary cap. Mate, oh. I'm
2: hashtag always Edinburgh. Oh, Hang okay. on a minute. They they get massive. They get massive crowds. <laughs> like don't the-
1: Yeah, I forgot that. I forgot about that, James. Are you what else? What other rubbish did you come out with last week? I think central contracts are just around the corner. <laughs> <laughs>
3: why, why laughing? Why laughing? What's funny?
1: And then he comes back later. I think it's going to be a very long corner. <laughs> why why are you laughing? Do you not agree? No.
3: Okay, what do you know? Well, you're the mole. You're the man on the inside.
1: Well, wait, there's no central contracts anywhere near coming. I,
3: I think to one the floor, day I in England. I, yeah, I, I think it will line up with what the Pro 14 do in CVC. Whether I mean, that's central contracts, you don't. Okay, well, I do. I think it has to. Uh,
1: where they are? If you get the money from?
3: Well, they've got a lot of money already. Have they? Well, look what they pay the players twenty five grand a game. I mean, there's <sighs> hardly no money. The, look at the, the look, second richest union behind the Hong Kong union, or they the richest union in the world.
1: Yeah, but as a business, look at their business model. They've just spent a massive amount of money. They're in huge debt from the East End development at Twickenham. Now, what is a number to buy out all the premiership players? You've got to buy them out. You've got to buy off the clubs. You've got to say, here's 100 million quid or something like, probably more than that, to buy the rights of all the players.
3: The issue you've got when you look at it, and being at Ospreys at the weekend, is because the Welsh players are centrally contracted, which effectively means most of the time, the Welsh players don't play in the Guinness Pro 14, is they got no fans, no one goes to the games. <laughs> it's different at the weekend, it was your, it was Europe, but that's the
2: only worry. But I'm,
3: hey, I'm entitled to my opinion. Oh, you are, Andrew. James. And that is my I, opinion. I, it, could,
2: it could happen. Yeah. If it's not fully, then heavily subsidised, because at the end of the day... So why are we laughing then? The voice was very good, oh, okay. it sounded <laughs> <laughs> like you. <That's> fine.
1: <laughs> it already is heavily subsidised. Because they restrict them on how much they can play. They, they pay them a load of money. <laughs> the RFU pay the clubs a load of money to say, you can only play 30 games a year. You have you on these weekends. Yeah, It's like the, the boys that are playing in England that are Scottish, Welsh, Irish, whatever. And there isn't many actually anymore. But if you're in France and playing for Scotland, you've got to go back and play for your club in between the Six Nations. They've bought the rights to be able to manage them to a certain extent. But how much it's going to cost to buy them out completely and centrally contract them, 300 mil I, d- I reckon now. I'll just I'll just put it up by 200.
0: Should we have a look at the Champions Cup? Oh, let's. Well, we've already got five quarter-finalists locked in. Uh, who, are you, who are your favourites at the moment, to the other three to go through, guys?
1: The five through. Do you know who they are, James? Of course. Go so, on.
3: Leinster, yep. clearly 19 points. Oh, they
1: got 24, but don't worry about it.
3: That's a word that I was going to say, they, but they qualified before. <laughs> I was thinking, you didn't let me finish. <laughs> Leinster had 19 points before they went into this week, and they'd already qualified. Exeter, Drew uh, Glasgow, they're through now. Who else have we got? Racine. Uh, Northampton. Nope. Close. Not even close. Um, who else have we got?
2: Ulster. Nope. Well, listen, goody, you and I obviously have done our prep. yeah. on then. So I've actually, these are these are my quarterfinal fixtures. Well, I need to just declare
1: first that Jim doesn't know the five. He said he knew the five teams well, that were fa- already qualified. So the five teams that have already qualified, James, are Leinster, Exeter. Well, why are you
3: looking at your sheet? Because I've done my research, okay, mate. Okay, well, I'm going to look, look at my iPad. So. Leinster, Exeter, Exeter Rassing, yeah.
1: Toulouse. And Claremont.
3: Okay. So Toulouse had a big win at Connaught.
1: Our boy got sent off again.
2: Should have been sent off as well.
1: You reckon that's a red? Every day of the week. I agree. Go on then, Darren. What's your quarterfinalists? I
2: reckon Leinster top seeds. Yeah. And they will play either Glasgow or Northampton. That's the that's the question mark. Exeter versus Saracens. Oh. Toulouse versus Ulster. And Claremont versus Racing.
1: So you think Racing lose to Saracens away yep. and don't get home quarterfinal. Yeah, and you think Claremont go to Harlequins and win?
2: Oh, t- by a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> now you're oh, talking you? my language. Now you're talking my language, <laughs> KB. Yeah,
1: interesting, isn't it. Yeah.
2: yeah, and then Glasgow Northampton was the one wasn't too sure about, or Glasgow who they they way to seal
1: a way to seal, and Northampton sail, or sail away. On.
2: Leon, yeah, I, sure. I think
1: Leon got loads of injuries, so I think Saints will win. They have to improve their performance massively because. Chris Boyd went wild after the game, didn't he? But then, yeah, so Ulster are through because they're at home, guaranteed victory over Bath. Are
3: they not through? They're not guaranteed, though.
1: And then Claremont are going to win the, that group, aren't they? Yeah. If they beat Quinns away. If. When. You when? Said, well, you said 100 points, <laughs> didn't you? I don't reckon it'd be 100, but it'll be a few. The interesting one's Rassing for me, isn't it? Because you see that performance against Munster yesterday. They're all celebrating. And, they, you know, it was... last 10 minutes was dominant. They pull away. Slum guaranteed a home quarter final. It's all about those top two seedings, isn't it? So... To clear everything up, obviously one to four, all we all know, get the home quarter final. But then it's the semi finals as well because the top seeds get the home country semi final as well, don't they?
3: That's why you're here, mate. I know. Remember, I've got four children. Yes. As well as being at the osprey series game, as well as being at Leicester.
1: Where were you yesterday? I was at Leicester. So you weren't. You weren't even seeing your family. So you got no excuse.
0: If few read cards over the weekend as well. What do you? What you make of those? Do you want to go through them? Well, I was pitch side for the
3: Saracens Ospreys game, osprey Saracens game, where Reese Curry got sent off, and, I mean, he only played five minutes, but then five minutes that he played, he was brilliant. I Made mean, an unbelievable line break, he looked physical, and it was an unfortunate one. So it was on Dan Evans, the 15, a small lad, ran into him in the zig way. It was a big collision, but there was no call from the players, which normally you get if there's a high tackle, you normally get a big boo from the crowd. There weren't many there who could boo. <laughs> on that side of the Unfortunately, well, when when you say there weren't
1: many there that could boo, do you mean there weren't many people there, or...? They just weren't bright enough to boo. I don't
3: know.
2: That was a fair... I thought that was fair enough. Yeah.
3: The commentators didn't think it was. Not yeah, I mean, and, and,
2: you, you called them out on 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 TV. I like yeah, that. Yeah. You did the goodie. You said, fuck him, it was red. Get him off.
3: But the thing is, is, I don't want to see that as a red card. Going forward, I don't think that should be a red card. I think there needs to be some small changes in the laws. And they've got better and players are better. And there's a few more that we'll talk about. Rhys Curry stepped in to the tackle... His arms down and his shoulder unfortunately to Dan Evans who's a small guy and he's running at pace uh, hits him on the neck, not really the head probably the you know it might have clipped his clipped his jaw and it's ascending off. I don't want to see it ascending off, but you're ticking all the boxes, and you're going through the mitigating circumstances, etc cetera, etc cetera, and it's a, it's a red card. Did it have an effect on the game? No because Listed. it was raining and because Ospreys are woeful
1: It's interesting you say he's a short lad. I mean in, in your stature, yes he's short. Cause you're, what are you, six
3: foot seven? Six nine Hills. heels. Yeah, there we go. Uh, he's six foot, Dan Evans. No, he's not. He's six foot. I'm telling you now, he is not six foot. I'm dude. telling
1: you he's six foot. On his Wikipedia, it says he's six foot. <laughs> man, on my man. Wikipedia, I'm 93 kilos. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> he's not six foot. He is not six foot. He's put on a bit as well. He's got a bit of a layer as well. Good his on his him. Own. It's um, probably slowed down slightly. The
1: thing on it though, Kare, for, for people that are listening, and it goes back to, you think back to Farrell's tackle against Safka last autumn, what they're trying to do now and what they've uh, the environment we're in with tackles is that shoulder that you're hitting with has to be wrapped and it was down by his side and behind his shoulder so you get more force by throwing it forward. So, you know, and we're in this environment of rugby now where to the naked eye, some tackles don't look as bad as they are but when you slow them down and they're just trying to, he was upright and that's the thing. You look at um, Zach Holmes's one, he's upright when he tackles him and that's what they're trying to get away from. Those upright ones where you've got, you run the risk of being up, you know, hitting up top around the head, neck area. And I was impressed with your, your punditry, James.
3: Oh man, I like your... Um,
1: Smell? Jeans, jeans. Oh, thank you, Jack, thank you. Um, but yeah, because we've sat on here and gone, that's never a red, or that's this, or that's the other. But you actually dissected it with your open cloth, and you didn't have your Saracens bias on, and you said it was red card.
3: I've also evolved. I think there's a part of us doing that, and I've spoken about it in a clear, calm, conscientious way. What was that word? Conscientious. Way. <laughs> I, I don't want to see that as a red card in a... I'm going to disrespect Ospreys again. Against a bigger team, it would have proved massively costly. Callum Clark gets Simbin. They go down to 13. They can see 10 points when he's off the field. So it made an even bigger difference, clearly. But the Zach Holmes one for me is a stal- stalwood red. Sto- he's a stalwood. Stalwart. stalwart red. He's St- got history, though. When, Zach when you turns. say
1: stalwart, yeah. Don't you mean Stonewall? Stonewall, damn. That's there, we the one. Stone there we go. Stonewall. There's stone a gymism. Um,
3: we knew it, man. He's got history, though. Is that he, he clearly didn't have his gym head, goody body. <laughs> um, Budgie smugglers on that that match. He would never have done that if he was wearing them. he would have got lower, would he? He would have got lower, and he, we would have seen the top of it. Bit of ass crack and a bit of my
0: oh. head.
1: Harry Ars as well, if so, you had Henry Slade.
3: He's got history though. Yeah, he did it against
1: him off, I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah, against Russell. There, was it
0: quarterfinals? Mm. Yeah. Do you think Callum Gibbons should
1: have been sent off? 100%, every day of the week. I mean, uh, no, 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 no. He's a scorer trier. tryer? He said, uh, you hit him with the elbow, and it's not the elbow, it was his old fucking forearm. And he says, with no force. I'm like, he's flown into that ruck as hard as he can to clear someone out. Yeah, he's, uh, where Roman um, Poit's gone, there is no force as a mitigating factor. Let's go back to the World Cup when, I think it was Russia-Samoa, I think Roman Poit was refereeing and he just gave out yellow cards when there was about 14 reds he should have given and they got banned oh, afterwards. Oh, I remember that. Motu. Yeah. Motu, so, Motu. yeah, I mean, Roman Poit, you've had an absolute stinker there. Uh, that is a red card every day of the week and, and you hope, I don't want to, I don't hope that people get banned but you hope that there's retrospective action taken because what it does is you can't then have someone do that in the next game for another club and they get sent off. It's a clear forearm, everything to the head with maximum force. Run at his best again. There's still
2: a lot of inconsistencies, isn't there? Given that the referees are being told this is the framework, here it goes. If it goes like there's never been more clarity for the referees, but there still is a lot of controversy around yeah. these things. And
1: I think the hard one is the breakdown. So the tackle law is, you know, you run the risk if you're upright and you clip someone around the neck or the head, you you're gone. That's pretty clear now. Yeah. Well, I
3: think we are there. The, the, the hard
1: ones are the breakdown where you're flying in and they're trying to get away from people flying in, and you see them when you tuck your arm. And we all used to clear. Well, I never cleared out a rocking
3: in my that fucking is life how to I be honest. To clear out exactly, but that's both arms tucked in, get low to the floor as possible, which was basically upright, <laughs> and end up flying <laughs> over the top. So you clear out with your tits.
1: I clear out the tits, man. I closed,
3: closed up. My shoulders were, were butchered, so I couldn't get it. if I put my shoulder out, I'm telling you now, my hand is gonna be behind my back somewhere.
2: But you are right. I remember playing at B.T. Murrayfield against Amra in front of about seventy-five Three, people. Oh, 300, I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, 375. And I always remember Ferris got penalised for not like using for, for use of the shoulder at the rock. And I remember him he stood up to the referee and he was like, What the fuck am I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. And the ref was like, Oh, you're supposed to bind. And then you know clear mm. the person out, and I, that no second row or forward is evered. Backs will go in there for a bit of a cuddle. That's not how rocks are cleaned out. You know, mm. it's a bit of a you do you have to launch yourself. That was it. There's one on YouTube actually,
3: um, which is my legacy, Jim Hamilton Rugby, and it comes up as, as a fight with David Pace. There's me blitzing Ebenezer Beth, and there's another one with me clearing out Francois Lowe in a breakdown when South Africa uh, came up to Scotland, uh, close game, twenty five. Three. Is that um, the one
0: that's in the law books on how not to clean out a ruck? Yes.
3: <laughs> so there's one. So that so that one's been used in some world rugby.
0: Andy rule absolutely world knows Andy's his rigger. Right. Thank Just you very love much. My laws, you but
3: I, um, I clear out Francois Low and he's over the ball and it's it's my arm is actually out somewhere where it's dangling out it's not tucked in but because of the way that I enter the ruck uh, clips him on the back of ah uh, I remember it back, yeah and yeah. he gets stretched off he does yeah he gets stretched off. Um, I had no idea. Actually, during the game, it was a long time ago. I have no idea that I did that.
1: Commentators were calling for it as well, mm, weren't they? They were.
3: Yeah, they were calling for for my head. Of course, you have to be you have to be careful when you're that powerful, Jim. Don't you? Mate, Well, it, I reckon I was probably running. I'd say at thirty-eight miles an hour. <laughs> at that point,
1: i say thirty-eight percent. It's an interesting one, though, Jim. So you said earlier you don't have time to do any like research on games, and you've got four kids, and you you know you were at the Ospreys game, and you get home, and then you're at Leicester, and then here, there, and everywhere. You seem to know everything that's on YouTube for you. Though. Do you spend a lot of time YouTubing yourself?
3: My son does now. <laughs> my son does. My dad was that a old, rugby player.
1: That old classic. My son. Uh, JJ, J- sit down here. We're
3: going to YouTube me. Is that what you say to him? And that's me. That's my legacy. YouTube is my legacy. I've got nothing else to show for it. I don't have shirts up on the wall. Where's dad? He's on YouTube. <laughs> fighting, <laughs> f- fighting against bin men. And <laughs> okay, that must have been a lie as well. Or was it because Stephen Ferris was coming back from injury?
2: Because he was actually playing for well, Ulster.
1: Like, well, no, because you played away at Edinburgh, which is basically the Shags, right? No, I don't know. I don't know what
2: Must was have been happened. the Shags. Must have been the Shags. Two
0: two nine. Would you guys make a um, Hoggies attempt to to win the game for Exeter over Glasgow? 31 all-drawing then.
3: Oh, my kick. That was a cracking game, yeah. to be fair, in terms of physicality. Uh, I was yeah, raging.
2: So- I, I, I was in the pub in Fermanagh. And, of course, out there, we're watching the Connick game. Where were you? MC Hammer? Where? MC Hammer, <laughs> Fermanagh, Ennis out the west of Ireland and obviously watching Connacht in the game and then I checked the score and the other game's 31 on that Connacht game to lose was crap. And then I'm catching up on YouTube and seeing that uh, obviously typed in myself for 20 minutes and Anything? reminisced. Oh, you'll be, be there all day. Really? Yeah, that good. I'm going to type it in. And I saw that kick that finished 31 on I thought, fuck, I just spent two hours watching that other muck.
1: It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because with the laws now, you get the penalty, you can kick down into touch and the clock's not up. So they could have had a played on there and tried to get another penalty or work a drop goal. But fair play to Stuart Hogg me my old spuds saying I can bang this from 60 boys and then
3: It nearly went, mate. What a strike. If
1: he'd just eaten a bit more Christmas dinner or something it might have just got over. Hell of a strike. What a lid on him now. His lid's coming back nice. It looked better? Uh, looked a lot yeah. better.
3: There's still a patch. I saw there, there was a still I saw <laughs> there was a patch at the front. But that was a really good game. There was uh, a couple of things. Adam Hastings through a lovely over the top pass, uh, which looked like it was going to win Glasgow the game, uh, it did go forward. I think, in my opinion, yep. but there was a bit of uproar that um, I can't see it, man. No, no, I can't see it, pal. What are you doing? I cut your fucking throat. <laughs> That's what they used to say. I right, know.
0: Oh, no. it's ag- aggression again.
3: Um, but no, Glasgow very good. Exeter desperate for the win. Um, fair result.
0: KV Ulster sort of just fell away in that second half, didn't they, mate? They were they were in it for a while there.
2: Yeah, they got me excited for a while. I I think that's probably just a fair reflection of where Ulster are at at the minute. Um, They're good. Um, good enough to go away and cause a wee bit of excitement and get the fans thinking. Flip, we can do this, but ultimately, I still feel like there's probably four teams, maybe five, in the Champions Cup that are just a step above the rest, and Ulster aren't one of those five yet. So why are you being horrible? Is it so, so it's your so just you're you're trying retired, to that's why. You're you're just retired. trying to put the knife in a wee bit because they're missing me like an absolute hole in the head. Of them, mm. Matt, I think Ulster they uh, were yeah, good, no, no, look, but, but you're that, probably right. The, those top five teams that say yeah. the other ones they are something else at the minute and I just think Ulster are a wee 5% below that I the think minute. the difference
1: is uh, the sort of big power players isn't it with some of the clubs so who would you say at Ulster is your big go-to power player that can create a massive ball carry and, and just win you that battle because knockout rugby you, you look what Saracens did last year to Leinster in the final you know it was Leinster played a lot of attacking rugby but it was the power game that won it wasn't it mm. World Cup final South Africa dominate England physically and win the World Cup. It's all about the game. Like- so you, you do. You're right. You talk about those. You know. You, you look at Racing, Vakatar in the, in the center. You look at Saracens. They've obviously got you know Billy and boys and people like that. That's the one thing you look at. Ulster for me, from an outsider, and I love that. You know, I love what they're doing. They're creating loads of stuff. You know, ball in hand. Cooney's the the man. Uh, but you just wonder if is that they're that beasty big ball carrier that can. Get nasty,
2: yeah. They they struggle when um like could see Henderson. They obviously were they were playing and McCluskey in the backs. So when they're not playing, they struggle because they try and get that passing game going. I don't know if you saw Cooney's try, yeah. But that's that's them at yeah. their best. That's what they love. And Marty Moore is it? Yeah, he's going
3: well, mate. I, I, I've always thought because yeah. when he was at Wasps, he needs to get fitter. He, he's got something, but he always looks absolutely fucked in the game always <laughs> yeah. hashtag always and but white, he is white, looking better surely the, the, white, white shirts don't do any big fella any favours no, do they you just see the nipples coming through and thing, what, what's it called You aviola or whatever around your nipple what's that called areola areola that's what you know <laughs> I've no idea
2: um, and what's going to be interesting for them now I think they're um, oh they're about 7 from their last 8 something like that uh, on Munster 2 from 8 so in terms of Ireland selection obviously when your team's going well it's a lot easier for people to get selected internationally so that's going to be interesting I think the Ireland squad might be announced in the next week
3: what I like about Ulster and I've only seen snapshots of it they play a lot of their boys though don't they I know a lot of the boys that play that we're talking about for Ireland so Billy Burns plays all the time Cooney plays all the time Cooney. them being the ones that we're talking about at the minute um, McCluskey. McCluskey plays all, all the time as well out of all the other provinces Connors a little bit different no disrespect I love Connor. Uh Munster being the one Leinster probably being the
2: highlight of that
3: Ulster play the boys all the time is that because they're Northern Ireland? Oh, 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 oh.
2: oh mate, don't, uh, don't get Brexit into this. It's, it's. I think it's down to central contracts. Uh, I think Ulster only have. I know Ian Henderson, Jacob Stockdale, and um, that <laughs> might be it. So they're the only ones. There we go. Uh, are uh, are Jack any- McGrath might, be, might yeah. be on one, but okay. none of the rest of them. All, if you look at Ireland players pushing for selection, they're all sort of fringe Ireland players. Yeah. you Rob Herrings, someone like Marty Murr could come through. I don't think Jordy Murphy's on a national is contract. No, Cooney's so, not. This is
3: why then. This is why Ulster are flying. It yeah. shows you.
2: And the one player who actually, Billy Burns, he's the guy who has been awesome for them. And if he, like what we're seeing at Munster, if you have one guy what's behind him there is a drop to and it's such an important position if he gets injured or doesn't play as much Ulster will struggle
1: they're the 45 man squad that got together last week or a couple of weeks ago uh, Billy Burns was in it we've seen Carvery's injured Toby Carbery, Sexton question marks always Billy Burns does he play? he's going to Scotland be, first game he's going to be close Carty may charge down on the weekend yeah. not so much
2: if Murray and Sexton are fit, it'll be a big call for Andy Farrell to leave them out, despite recent form. Wouldn't suggest that either of them should be in there, but it'd be big to leave either of those two out. Um, having said that, it'd be a big call to leave John Cooney out the way he's playing. Ross Byrne's been playing well for Leinster,
1: so it's wide open. Is, is their first game Scotland?
3: Yeah. Or I might pick the under twelve. I might pick anyone. Mate, Calcutta Cup's coming up again. It's <laughs> fucking coming out. No, it's not. Um, <laughs> tell me, because the whole thing around Sexton... Do you think Andy Farrell think right? This is the time for change. You know, I don't. Again, okay, I don't want to be horrible about the situation. Last year, he kind of limped through the World why, Cup. Why be horrible? Yeah, every time, I, I am, yeah. Mate, being why be horrible to my mate, friend from Sexton. the pool, New Zealand? Right. So you watch New Zealand and what they've done in recent years. McCaw lost to England, mate. McCaw was running the show for years. So even if he was a little bit fit or five percent fit, he's in, and he's probably picking the team as well. I know it was a little bit different with Kieran Reid from the stuff that I've been reading over there. But Sexton seems to have that same thing as McCall had for New Zealand, as in Sexton's calling the shots. If he's half fit, he's playing. If he wants to play, he'll play. Surely there's got to be a change now, a change of mindset from Andy Farrell, and not just because Sexton's over the hill, but it's his age. He's 34 now, so how long is he going to keep going? So surely there needs to be, right, they're going to have to make a really tough decision and say, mate, unless you're training fully, unless you're fit, I can't pick you. I can he pick you, big fella?
1: Why, why are you being horrible?
3: I'm not being... Mate, I'm, I love Ireland.
1: Last time you did this, Johnny Sexton tapped me on the shoulder in Portugal in the pool and went... and Ugh! said, Gouda, yeah. G- you're looking great, Nick. Jim
3: Hamilton. What the fuck is he on about? Did he say anything about the hairs and the spots on your back or not? The yeah, no, things? mate. i got m- my back shaved, mate. <laughs> shaved? yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who shaves the back? I've got one back? of those things that goes... Do you actually, what? Yeah, I do, yeah. I'd love to see a video. You what have you got?
1: It's this thing I bought off the internet where it's got a long handle.
3: Like a, like a dog shit picker-upper thing.
1: No, it's a, it's, yeah. a back, it's a back shaver. And then the bits I can't get, I'm like, Mrs, come over here. Oh. If it's not the Mrs, it's the nanny. If it's not How a, often? Well, when I have a look and go, oh, needs a bit.
3: Where? How can you see over your shoulder?
1: Uh, I've got mirrors all over my house, Jim. Of course you have. <laughs> you just turn around
3: Does and... Does pa- Pablo the chef ever do it?
1: Uh, no, Pablo's never done my back, No, no. no. no.
0: Racing uh, got one over Munster, um, but they only pulled away later on in the game. And there was a bit of controversy around a, around a try, um, a crucial try. Aidan McGowan has tweeted in: Do French broadcasters deliberately keep the best angles from the TMO when it suits them? When it suits them, two tries for Racing uh, looked like a knock on in the first, and the second could have been grounded out on the dead ball line, but Wayne Barnes never got the right angle.
3: Goody tweeted about it.
0: I did, yeah. <laughs> I did i mean
1: i, I feel sorry for any t m o that's not French that is working on a European game with French television and production that's in charge of it we've comment- I commentated on La Rochelle against sale at the weekend and you're commentating, but you're relying on their pictures and the producers in france I, I think they're just outside having a cigarette or no 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 i don't i don't play 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 and you don't see the right angles at all. you get random replays of like a picture in the sky as opposed to actually what's going on in the
3: field it's, it's, <laughs> <C'est le bird. laughs>
1: it's just sometimes it's really hard to commentate on it so as a TMO and you saw when they're panning in, in on him on the truck he's over his shoulder going like giving all these hand signals <laughs> trying to speak a bit of French and saying oh, Lord, the other one it's just impossible isn't so, that way
3: when you can't speak French you just spot a French accent yeah. I need um, <laughs> I need another one no, that's German mate oh is it, no, is it German mate. this um, is good no, no, was f- a- the
1: first at the first try, I didn't think they looked at it properly. It's a great bit of skill from Teddy Irubaren, which was unbelievable. My name said Iribaren, Iribaren. yeah, yeah. Um, but Vakatawa, from where he ca- where it first touches his hands, he then is flying into a. It's a short player for scrum, so he's coming full bore as as a thirteen. You hit that short line, and most times Darren Cave is off the edge or it's <laughs> drop like that <laughs> <isn't> <laughs>
2: through the middle, knife <laughs> comes to
1: my end, Jim. But he. He's, it, from where it's hit his hand, his momentum's then taken him five yards over the game line. Of course it has. He's run at a million miles an hour, and he's hard as you like. But where the ball hits his hands, so then where it drops, it may look like it's gone backwards because he's in front of the ball, but clearly went forwards. And then the skill from Iri Beren reverse... That was a Jim Hamilton pass, that, wasn't it? It was ridiculous. The old 30-yarder reverse. And that's that's brilliant. But I didn't think they looked at that clearly enough. And again, the angles. But the other one, Barnsey can only go on what he sees as a referee. For the um, Teddy Tom, I finish off Finn Russell, my old magician. What a crossfield kick!
2: What a! Fan. I couldn't believe, couldn't believe it.
1: For me, and there's a camera though.
3: Yeah, absolutely. There's,
1: there's, there's a camera pointing right at where he's putting the ball down from the reverse side. So let's just see that picture, Mister French production
3: guy. But you're talking about Finn there, and maybe in an att- attacking wise. That there was a little bit going around that maybe weren't his best game. Defensively, he is he smashed absolutely it, 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 smoking yeah. off the back of the line-out at yeah. the scrum. Yeah, no line-out. Mate. I'm like, who's that? It must be a back-rower. I'll tell you what, you've got a brave 10 and you've What's got What's he him. doing? He is from Glasgow. I, I ain't seen
1: man. many 10s that tackle like that. Mm. He's flying in yeah. and chopsville,
3: like As in stopping them. Yeah.
1: Did. I generally looked at it. There was, there was two back-to-back towards the back end of the second half where it's a back-peel from a line-out Someone's coming short, and he's absolutely chopped them.
3: For me, big statement, but he's obviously playing well. Um, I'm trying to think of other 10s. Dan Bigger, he's doing all right for Northampton. George Ford. Against Cardiff, 15 points or something like that. Fair play. Anyway, Finn Russell, is there a, a better player playing 10 going into the Six Nations? Interesting.
0: Leinster still look like they're going to be the top seeds again. Any... Uh- any other ones going to sort of challenge them at all? They're they're almost so good. It's it's
2: the forty points was it, and it was almost underwhelming. And I almost expected it to be more. They expected the bonus point to come earlier. And I watched the first half of it, and it actually had a try or two disallowed over nothing, and it could have been more. The thing that's so strange about them is just it doesn't matter who they pick that is the one thing yeah. people James Rand didn't play Johnny Sexton doesn't play doesn't matter Um, against Northampton Killian Doris was playing number 8 who we hadn't seen a lot of before I think he got man of the match in one of the games he was left out which was a big surprise and then Max Deegan comes in and gets man of the match they it just it's player after player after player 21 carries
1: Max Deegan just for some stats for you
3: there
1: you go that's one every how many minutes James?
2: Um,
3: it's a lot <laughs> what I was going to say Oh, this is a ridiculous thing to say, and i say ridiculous things. Under the radar? Under the radar. Oh. <laughs> I don't think Leinster have been tested. I know. I know what you're thinking. Northampton, obviously, have been their biggest test because of the back-to-back games and Northampton being a good team. But in terms of the Champions Cup and the Guinness Pro14, I hear what you're saying.
1: I suppose the one thing that KV said then was it doesn't matter who they pick they're rotating in the Guinness Pro 14 and they're still winning every game the big test was Northampton away in the first game of the back-to-backs
3: and they were full goo yeah
1: they? Northampton were full goo Northampton had a bit of momentum against the game and it was literally like hello we just play when we want and
2: I'm wrong again I'll take and if, it and uh, if Northampton win in Lyon they will be going to double perhaps in for the final for, for another
3: ups, 50 for another spanking <laughs> hamstring <laughs> <laughs>
0: We're going to take a break from the Champions Cup now, and we've got a guest on the line who's got a pretty epic challenge coming up next month to raise awareness and money for Doddy Weir's Foundation, former Scotland international and British and Irish line, Rob Wainwright joins us. How are you, mate?
4: Very good, very good. Getting blown away a wee bit up here, but uh, otherwise, well, all the better for having a chat to uh, a legend like Jim Hamilton and your good self and goodie
1: a legend like jim hamilton mate he's english and he had to go and play for scotland because he wasn't good enough for england right
3: does
4: that make you a legend these days
3: well rob you you said to me didn't you you emailed me and said scottish legend was it when you asked me to, to...
4: I, I did i did that's partly because you introduced yourself as scottish brackets legend <laughs> the <laughs> truth is. comes
3: out jim mate thanks thanks for coming on though uh, rob i know that um you're a long way from where we are here in studio in London. Just set the scene because you are living, um, you're living your best life, but a very different life. Talk us through it.
4: Uh, we, well, we, when I finished rugby, we'd uh, always wanted to go and live on the, uh, on the west coast of Scotland, up at the, the rugged end of it. And uh, the place that came up sale was on a small island called Cole. And so we moved here with, uh, I listened to you last week complaining about young kids. We moved up here. With a ten-day-year-old and three others under five, so four kids lived in a caravan the first winter, and uh, things have moved on a bit since then. But twenty years later, we're still here uh, on a small island, and uh, and loving it actually.
3: Because when I was up there, I was on the um, the island of Ling, so not not too far from you. And I was asking about, correct, yeah. I was asking about the the makeup of, of the land, but basically I was asking where the pub was, and they said there's a pub on one of the islands that no one's ever been banned from, apart from Rob Wainwright, who lives on the. <laughs> a a bit further how do you get banned from the only pub in in a 500 square mile radius see what i love about google
4: is that you know it, it's it's like you know once i shagged the sheet you know that joke which <laughs> 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 you have a whole career you know playing rugby you, you do this that and the next thing and once you let fly with a fist in in your local pub, and you get banned, and that comes up first, which is wonderful, I think, actually, isn't it? Because you know there are there are worse things to be top of your Google search, I think. But how did it happen? You know, whiskey—that's how it happened. <laughs> <No>. Scottish <laughs> mate,
1: of course. Was it a wee drum? It, so it a... was
4: more than a wee drum. So. Oh, no
1: so the question is then ground. is there another pub that you can go to it sounds that like remote up there there might not even be another pub you can swim to one i I,
4: I i had uh, i had one one quiet month and then i am now uh, able to go into the wonderful Cole hotel which is the only pub on the island but we're very lucky because it's an extremely good one uh, and i'm not just plugging my local hostelry there we're, we're very fond of it and it's uh, we're very lucky.
1: You would be fond of it if it's the only one and they'll let you back in. So, well, there <laughs> yes, go. exactly. Good stuff. Let's talk about the the challenge then um, that you're doing the cycle for Doddy Wears Foundation. T- tell us all about it and, and what you've got planned.
4: Um, last year, we, we cycled from Murrayfield down Twickenham with the match ball and you know that was pretty stupid. The weather wasn't quite as bad as today but it was getting close and we had a headwind the whole way down and we got 45 minutes sleep or something like that in two days and cycled 500 miles and it was pretty tough so someone suggested we do it again and amazing how short one's memory is but uh we're doing it again this time we're actually not just doing it for doddy we're doing it for for tom smith as well so it's called the the wounded lions 500 ride and we are getting handed a, a match ball by by jace at twickenham uh on the 6th of february and I think there's a core of about five, oh, sorry, about nine of us, I think, uh, who are doing the whole thing, which is we're hoping to get on the bike at 11:30 on uh, on the Thursday, and then we've got 48 hours to cycle the whole way up to Murrayfield, hopefully with a tailwind and nice balmy weather, but you never know what it's going to throw at you. And yeah, we get there, and we are handing the ball over to the Royal Marines who are who are dropping the ball uh in i think they I, I don't know how they're going to deliver the ball to the to the actual kickoff but we we hand it to them and they presumably absail up the outside of, of Murrayfield uh after we've handed it to them and then maybe absail down the inside to hand over the match ball but uh we we're, we're raising money for both uh Doddy's, uh foundation obviously which is what we did last year but um with the news of uh the terrible news of Tom Smith as well being struck down by illness he's uh got the serious end of uh, of colonic cancer so um we're raising money for his chosen charity which is fortitude uh which supports research at st mark's hospital harrow um which if anyone's listening from fortitude charity it might be a bit of a surprise for them to know that's happening so i haven't actually spoken to them but there we go uh they they will be getting half uh, half the money we raise and uh, i'm happy to say that i think we're all we're about 70 grand already and we haven't even turned a pedal so last year we had 65 grand to beat and uh and we've beaten it already so so the cycling bit's the easy bit really
1: amazing stuff and and two great causes but what does he intrigue me about about it you said jason leonard's giving you the ball uh is yes. jason leonard going to do any part of the cycle or is there just not a bike big enough or strong enough oh, to hold his weight we've,
4: we've had trouble you know getting some of the the greats of the of the rugby game many of them are we've got uh, we've got some epic beer. Roger O'Neill, I think he's 75, is cycling, I gather, from Newcastle up to Murrayfield with us, albeit his bike may have a small battery to help him along. Um, we've got Wintz coming along, Damien Cronin, um, Paul Burnell, John Barkley, Kelly Brown, lots of, uh, of greats of yesteryear and more recently that are, are joining us couldn't get you know the one legend i really wanted to get onto his bike actually um big jim hamilton i gather he's a keen cyclist or so he told me indeed he got in touch with me asking if i had any challenges lined up and i suggested he might want to join us for this and he became very busy.
3: I've got arms like a cyclist. I should <laughs> tell you that. Um, Rob, just one thing, just to, just to piggyback what Goody said about Jason Leonard there. I don't think it's the weight that would be a problem. When you visually look at him next time, just go slightly below the midriff. I do not think the package would find a saddle suitable for that thing that's um, it's nuts it's basically his nuts. <laughs> Have a look next time, just just so you see. So that's why he won't be getting on a bike. I can tell you that. I'm, I'm not going to peer at him. Uh, next time I see him I'll send you a picture but don't worry I, I,
4: I take no I take no I, I noticed you didn't answer you know the little the challenge that I equipped at you there oh, you've switched it back to Jason's nuts as a, as a way to uh, deflection <laughs> mate that's what we're
3: doing do, mate I'm going to be walking at the Moroccan mountains <laughs> with Kenny Logan in June so but no I'm keen to okay. keen to get on behind it a-
2: you must be uh, <laughs> you must be you sound a little different to Jim with that accent you must be from a different part of uh, Scotland Rob North so? North you're, yeah he's way north he
3: said that
4: for all scottish listeners i don't think they're particularly impressed with my accent or jim's accent to be honest but uh but thank you you're definitely we can tell where you're from anyway
2: yeah
1: but, he knows where you live kv you like, know right was that was that, was that a threat <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: tell us um have you seen Dory much recently how's he getting on um i spoke
4: to him a couple of days ago have not seen him for a while and um there's good news and bad news with with doddy's uh motor neuron disease one is these you know the good news is that it's slowly progressing uh which is great because his initial diagnosis was you know you'd be lucky if you walk back here in a year and you know you'll be lucky if you you see it till you know two years time but he's he's beyond that now he's got slowly progressive form which is great but slowly progressive is still progressive and uh, every time we see him, things have moved on slightly. The last time I saw him in the flesh was for the Sports Personality Award, where you know, which was was fantastic um, uh, up in Aberdeen and extremely emotional. Sadly, I had to rush away afterwards because uh, I, I missed the highlight of the night, which obviously would have been the after party. Where um, I, I'm still trying to come to terms with Katharina Johnson Thompson drinking Guinness with uh, with Doddy, but uh, I'm just sorry I, I missed it. Because uh, uh, Catherine, it looks like a, a cracking lass, and uh, was looking very impressive that night. So impressive, I believe that uh, I'm going to embarrass uh, Doddy's eldest son now. That Hamish was uh, had his chin on the floor, and. Uh, um, <laughs> was working hard and uh, felt that he'd made
3: good progress, but uh, I can't comment.
1: She gave him the wrong number. No, I get it. I get it.
3: (laughs) It happened to you many times. Well, it's a shame, Rob, because they do invite sporting greats from all over the world, and I just couldn't make it. Again, it was another thing that I I was busy for. So maybe maybe next year that I'll go. Um, Let's talk a little bit while well, we've got a scottish legend fellow legend on the phone about how yep. scotland's doing at the minute and i read something off producer tim that says <laughs> i don't know why i'm laughing it's not even funny um that they haven't won anything since you retired about 60 years ago so have they, <laughs> have, they have they have we have we got a chance at six nations with Laidlaw's retirement john Barclay, uh, tommy seymour leaving as well
4: uh, have, have we got a chance well uh, answering the first part of it we didn't win much when i was in charge so let's not pretend that uh that that yesterday year everything was, was a lot better but uh undoubtedly the world cup is, has been a bit of a blow i suppose one of the uh one of the things that upset me was to see you know the game that we want to play we were beaten by another team japan um who played even better but i'm also uplifted by that because I'm a big enemy of big lumbering rugby and everything getting bigger and bigger and bigger uh, and how do we how do we make the game more dynamic and it was great to see Japan showcasing how it can be done when uh, when uh, they took apart uh, Ireland and they took about uh, well us I think we were were we a tighter game than the Irish game would you say Jim?
3: Oh mate it was a lot closer it was a lot closer we got robbed well, we didn't really. Um, <laughs> no, you got knocked no, out, so yeah, we happy we days. got knocked out.
4: Yeah, we we did get knocked out, but it was uh, I, I, from that point of view. You know, on a more general term, I, I would say I'm hopeful that the the game can move forward and become a bit more dynamic on a, on a you know on the world stage. Scotland at the moment they need to to win three, I think, out of the, their Six Nations game. They need to win both their home matches, which is Perfectly possible. They, um, no the chance. only good statistic we've got seems to be our, our record against England. No, well. no, no mate. the only one that matters, Rob.
1: <laughs> You've won one game in the last ten years, anyway. <laughs> I bet <we're> two. Both <laughs> And we drew England. one. We drew
4: one.
5: <laughs> true, true. <laughs>
4: but uh, but and it, it was an epic epic draw. So we're we're rather hoping that the match ball that we deliver this year will produce as good a game as as last year's ball. Though I don't think they used our ball last year until the second half, but. Uh, hopefully they'll they'll kick off with it this time.
1: Uh, well, just finally then, let us know um, how, how can people donate or get involved. Uh, it's obviously a, an amazing thing you're doing. Uh, just let us know how people can donate as much money as possible.
4: Well, the whole point of the ride is there's uh, there's a core cool group of us who are heading up there the whole the whole whack. But uh, people can come and join us for any section. If you uh, go to the Doddy Gump Facebook page, or um, I think soon there will be a Wounded Lions 500 web page. Uh, Go in there. All the details of the itinerary and the timeline are there. And we're going to be cycling 500 miles and donating one pound per mile for every mile we cycle. And we just ask people, you know, do come along. We'd we'd love to see you come and do it. Uh, Join us as we go through your patch. And uh, all we ask is that you donate one pound a mile as well. The money's all going into 100% of the money we're raised is going into the the two charities, Doddies and Fortitude for Tom's. And there is also a Virgin money-giving page, Wounded Lions 500 as well.
0: Rob, thank you very much for coming on the show. Uh, best of luck for the cycle and uh, enjoy yourself a whiskey when you make it to Edinburgh, mate.
4: <laughs> thank you very much. Thanks for having us on. Just, don't, cheers, go, cheers, just cheers,
0: don't go throwing any punches when you've drank the
3: whiskey, yeah? Oh, that's fine. He will. <laughs> good man. Yeah. Cheers, Rob. Cheers, Rob. Cheers. Excellent. Thank you. Good, good lad. Good luck, lad. Lad. Good good lad. Lad. Great lad. Great lad. How old do you think he is? Have, you seen, you have You've you not seen him face-to-face. Uh, Rob Wayne, was, just, so just he, went the, he went on 55.
1: the 95. No, he went on the 95 Lions tour. I'll be, oh, yeah, I'll give a number. You go 55.
2: If I had a chance, I'd go a little lower I, But 55. yeah,
3: 53, 53, spot on. <laughs> You're welcome.
2: I thought when I saw I him, up.
3: he was he was he was 40 odd He is one of the best conditioned human beings that I've seen over 50 years old, mate. Ah. I see what you did not there. Not stone, not 50 I, stone. Over 50 years 50 old. 50 years I, You old. look at me every week, mate. Seriously. Okay. He, I don't know how with the wind coming in from the west coast of, of wherever it comes in from there. It probably comes in from Canada when you're that high, don't it? <laughs> um, but unbelievable condition on the man. Lovely bloke. I he, can't knew believe- me, he
1: knew me he threatened me didn't didn't he did he said he knows where you live I Paul. yeah, so, so, so my question to you Jim do you start every email to people that don't know you with hi it's Jim Hamilton here the Scottish legend
2: well, my, no, my, I, you know when people says sent from my iPhone at the bottom of mine says 229 caps for Ulster DC does it go DC thirteen two two nine? yeah sign off <laughs> I love that
3: oh Mate. no I didn't say legend I said hi Rob it's big Jim Scotland hero in brackets oh, hero you- <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope you well I hope you well uh, uh, that's how I started. Not with everyone, just with um, just with people that... Most. Yeah, yeah. actually, I probably do it quite a lot. I probably should stop doing that.
0: I mean, did you know him before? Like, Do you guys know each other?
3: When I was growing up, there was a few players that I knew. I, I wasn't mad into rugby when I was younger. Especially but the I, Scottish ones. Well, I bought, but this is the thing, the 95 Lions Tour changed a lot of us, changed a lot of people in terms of their love for rugby. So Doddy have featured highly on that. And obviously, Rob Wainwright as, as well. Two unbelievable players. At this point, you're English, so you didn't even look at these two.
2: Dino! <laughs> sure, he was the
1: second <laughs> row on that tour. It
3: wasn't, but in terms of the two Scottish guys, and you know, Tim Rodber as well, he was an Englishman, I know, at Northampton. Players like that. And Rob Wainwright. Loved him. Had so the, the, so well, the question the question
1: that Andy Rowe asked, did you know each other? What you've just said is you watched him a lot on Living with the Lions DVD. He
3: doesn't know he didn't know he did it. He. he whispered in my ear um a few years ago saying you're one of the one of the best to play in this modern generation. That's what he said. He whispered <laughs> in my ear. I heard him. I heard him. He I just didn't want anyone else it. to hear it. I think it was him.
0: Well, Jim, you mentioned you were at Liberty Stadium. How impressive were you with the young Saracen side?
3: Yeah, I was very impressed naturally with everything that's going on. I think the positive for me is being a Saracens fan, which I am of all my clubs, and being best mates with Kelly Brown, who is coaching the academy, is the quality that's actually coming through. You know, you had Elliot Obatoyimbo at fullback. Unfortunately for him and his debut, he's still on a, an academy contract. He gets yanked off when Rhys Kari goes off after five minutes. That was a real shame to see that. You've got Nick Tompkins, who is a quality. Either, even World-class too, is too far. He is class. He is a brilliant player. You've got um, Rottie Sh- Shigan, on the wing as well, he was on the bench. Ali Crosdale was on the bench. Ben Earl was playing fantastic. He didn't play at the weekend. You've got Wigglesworth with, with the experience. You've got Manu Vunapola, who's about 12, who's playing at 10, who's related to the Vunapola's and probably the Tua Langis as well. So therefore, your open is good at rugby. Um, mentioned Reece Curry. Yes, he got uh, sent off. And Nick Zikway in the back row. And there's a load of good young, young lads coming through there. So it's hard not to disrespect Ospreys. They're woeful. I'd say they're one of the worst teams in Europe at the minute. Why well, being horrible? <laughs> being factual. Fat. Back. Fat, oh, actually you can't say fat. Yeah. Um, Saracens go down to 40 men. The conditions weren't great. so It suited Saracens, those conditions. It, exactly. It? And with Wigglesworth at nine, banging the box kicks up. Uh, Lewington scores a brilliant try, which is probably the, the the game-changing moment. Alan Wynne-Jones, bizarre. They were in the game. Alan Wynne-Jones was an absolute Trojan, pulling George Cruz around, holding on to him. There was a good battle going on there. And at the turning point of the game, they take him off. Mm. They take him off. I know he's not playing in a while. First game,
1: first game back, wasn't it? But Central contract?
3: Mate. That's the problem. That's the problem. Is that is that Just the around problem? the corner
1: in England, apparently, yeah. according to
3: Jim. I don't know. It's uh, Anyway, Saracen during the fight now, the fact that Racine did a job on Munster, I'm sure they will go full goo against Racine, who are a brilliant team, and obviously will want to come there full noise as well. So, the last game of the pool and Saracens are in a good position.
1: They are. They are. And it's interesting. Rassing actually have to come full noise as well, because if they want a home quarter final, they've got to go all out to win it. So it will make it an absolute ding-dong of a battle. And the one thing a lot of teams go to Alliance Park and they're they not say. used, they're not used mm. to playing on this Rubber! Yeah, the old rubber crumb. Didn't rubber! It, didn't help it? <laughs> no. No, it <he> didn't <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. But Rassing are used to it, so it's gonna be a hell of a ding-dong. That's the game,
3: that's the game of the weekend for me. On Saracens the thing that I was had a, had a close eye on and Lasovsky was one of the guys that played as well. The names getting banded around the media. So the big one being George Cruz. They're talking of him going to Japan, Northampton. Richard Wigglesworth as well. I know Wiggy's at the end of his career. He's 36, but he's still got a load to give. Lasovsky. I read something about him going to Bath. Liam Williams is obviously off. Figalo, Figolo, Juan well, Figalo, Figolo. Uh, Michael Rhodes as well. I don't care what anyone says. They'll be like, yeah, we need to get on with it. But... I think for the first time ever, this is where you might start seeing some chinks in the old armour. Naturally, of course. You don't know if you've got a job. For the first time, being at Saracens, you don't know if you've got a job. And there's all these different things in contracts, and we know we've been through it, that one of the big laws, rulings, stipulations in the contract, you've got to wear flip-flops in the shower. You have to wear flip-flops in the shower. That was always in the contract. The other one being is the six-month clause, and we've spoken about it before. If someone's been injured... It's longer now. It's nine months. Okay. So, there you go. So, you'll probably know more inside side than me. But six months, you were injured, you get half your salary. And after, if you're out nine months or a year, they could terminate it. You know, Liam Williams is, is lucky. I think you know, Liam's gone already. Yeah, Liam's gone. But that's what I mean. But if he didn't play for six months, his salary would get half... If, if that's certainly in his contract... Fegulu, Fegulu. He's not playing in the wild as well. Michael Rhodes being the one. So Saracens are now going to have to implement these regulations, which they would have never dreamed of doing before. And how is that going to affect the camp?
1: Well, it's going to be interesting. The, the actual injury clause it's it's thirty nine weeks. So if you're injured for thirty nine weeks, then they can terminate if absent for another twenty eight days after giving notice. Um, so you can reduce pay to fifty percent after thirty nine weeks of injury. Uh, for a f- further 13 week really? period of absence. And is that in everyone's like, Yes, yeah, it's a so standard okay. premiership contract now. So they've all, the actual, the, uh, the only differences for a lot of contracts are the wedge, hmm. the houses, uh, the businesses, but the actual standard terms of a premiership contract, everyone's on the same terms of definition of injury clause
0: and all that stuff. Messy. So just, just not the houses. Well, Jim, you mentioned the performance of Richard Wigglesworth. He was the uh, glue that kept a pretty inexperienced Saracen side together on the weekend. He joins us now. Uh, how are you, mate?
3: Good, mate. Yes, how are you? Richard, we are very good. We need to start off with, it's, we have got an elephant in the room, I should say that as well, um, because naturally there's been a lot of talk around Saracens. The momentum's gathering, so we need to get it out of the way with, uh, gooley has gone quite hard at Saracens and he, he's obliged to do so. As a player as experienced as you and who's been around the block a lot and who's involved in a lot of these uh, discussions that are going on now that have, have been publicised around your future, how are you and how are the team dealing with it?
5: Um, I think the only team can do is get on with it. I think we're all bored of it, to be honest. But um I understand until it's all sorted, then there's going to be speculation. But to be honest, we're not involved. I think some uh, stuff got put out there last week that wasn't really that accurate, but uh, until it's all sorted, I think everyone's allowed to speculate and say what they want, but sooner it's um, sorted and cleared up, the sooner we can move on, but it would be an excuse for us as players and the team to um, let it distract us and, and use that to start playing poorly and, and not win games.
2: Of all the teams I've seen in sport, it seems you guys relish that siege mentality. Let me, and just because cause Jim's here... The, the definition, a defensive or paranoid attitude based on the belief that others are hostile towards one. That is, Saracens, the more shit people give you, the tighter he's become and the fucking harder you are to beat. Yeah, no,
5: we've definitely used it. Um, we, had to, we had to use it and, and all the stuff coming our way. But what we did talk about at the start was um, that that's probably got a limited amount of time that was you know that Gloucester week that definitely fired us up and stuff but we talked then about we have to be good for us and for um, what we've created for so long because um, if we all let it throw it out the window now then it, then it wasn't um, much good anyway so um, it's definitely sort of renewed our focus and um, let us go after it but it's not the other the outside stuff now is not the stuff sort of fueling as it was for a couple of weeks but we knew that would uh, that feeling would die down for us so we didn't want to Keep bringing it up, so it's uh, it's not something we mentioned too much now. But talk a lot about ourselves and and how we're going to get better and uh, and keep getting after it.
1: Well, just uh, just to let all the players at Saracens know, Jim said he sold his one bed flat in Luton, so it's all good now. That's no,
5: perfect. He's
3: on the M one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have no idea how I've been brought into this week. That's what I said, mate. Hey, you want the best? You've got to sign them. But I was only pissing about when I mentioned me. <laughs>
1: Well, let's chat, let's chat rugby then, mate, because obviously um, you were, the, the, all due respect, the granddad in the team at the weekend, uh, The kids, load of kids playing and, and played exceptionally well. Uh, you played exceptionally well yourself as well. How much are you enjoying that role uh, as the old fella in the team uh, when you've got a lot of the youngsters around you?
5: Yeah, I've loved I've loved that uh, them sort of couple of games. I've been uh, in that role, the Gloucester Week, uh, Miss Osprey's game. Uh, I think I've loved it because these young lads are so uh, promising. Um, sort of joy to be around. They, they really want to uh, get better and, and play for Saracen. So it's this, this situation's thrown up some uh, opportunities for them in maybe bigger games in, uh, than they might have thought. But they've really took it all in the stride. And uh, yeah, they're a pleasure to uh, to lead really. And along with like George Crew and Jackson Ray and stuff, I think uh, the older lads really enjoyed it. And when you look round, Wiggy, at the academy
3: lads coming through, and there's, there's been a load this season, naturally, because because of the World Cup as well, probably putting you on the spot here. But anyone that you, you're looking at, probably more with your coach's hat on, that you're thinking, yeah, this guy's going to be world-class?
5: Uh, I think uh, the two that have come, that really stood out and looked international this year aren't that young, um, really, sort of 19-20 group. But that Ben Earl and Nick Tonkins have been sort of difference-makers in games. Really had some moments where you're like, well, yeah, these these boys are not just like fitting in; they're making a difference in against top opposition. So I'd say those two look really ready to. Um, not just play top club games, but some top internationals too.
1: And let's talk about you then, mate, because obviously um, I, I think I'm right in saying you're coming towards the end of your contract at Saracens. Uh, you, yep. said, you said you in the press last week, didn't you, you want to play on, you feel good. Um, mate, how are you still doing it at 39 years of age? I don't, I mean, it's... <laughs>
5: yeah, 42 I am, I think. It's, um, no, I, I think because I love it, it doesn't really seem like a chore. I remember gyms in them changing rooms. Um, looking stiff as a, an old dog when he was <laughs> oh, trying I mean, to get himself up for training. I mean, but, how negative uh, was he?
1: How negative was oh. Jim?
5: absolute absolute nightmare he was <laughs> <laughs> Tuesday after his Tuesday morning session where he was whinging that he wasn't playing but he was having to do all George, George Cruise work he was uh, unbearable So Man, I was
3: having to go back to a flat in Luton that's what killed me mate trying to get
5: back up the stairs <laughs> 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 were you living in Scotland at the time you had about six hour journey home that, that in the Ford you, Mondeo
3: but... <laughs> god yeah. my life eh? what a contrast
5: yeah. <laughs> Um So, no, I I think it's easy to to do it when you love it, taking a few measures to make sure that I still feel good and been unbelievably well looked after at the club. So, I think all those things go into feeling good and wanting to play on.
3: And the coaching aspect of it, again, it's something that uh, is is out there in the public domain. There was probably a bit of a baptism of fire during the World Cup with the Canada team. How did you find that? I know there was frustration that the last game didn't go ahead, but from a, a player that's... Been very successful and only really known winning and uh, and what that means to go in. No disrespect to Canada, to a team yeah. that naturally is going to struggle in the World Cup. Like, how, how do you deal with that?
5: Um, I loved it. It was because it, I suppose any team, any sport, you're only trying to help. You're only trying to get the, the best out of um, of what you've got. And they were they were a pleasure to coach. They knew where they were at. Um, they were there to um, enjoy the experience but they wanted to rip into it and and give it a good go and we were sort of in the pool of death and had the one last game that we wanted to win unfortunately got called off but they were were a joy to coach in terms of how receptive they were to me and and how uh, welcome they made me and um, it ended up being a really good experience for me.
1: And then, uh, obviously, your coaching part of the coaching setup. We've spoken about this at Ealing as well. Um, yeah. So, just for time management, you're obviously training at Saracens. Uh, your box yeah. kicking is always on point. How long do you spend on your box kicking? And then, how long does it take to get to training and look after all the Ealing boys as well? Do you have time to see your missus um, and the
5: kids? So yeah, I'll I'll go to Ealing uh, once a week. So it's on the on my day off in the middle of the week. They they run a slightly different week to us, which works well because I'll always guarantee to be there once, pretty much. And then the odd time, I'll get there twice. but uh, So I'll go there early on my days off. Missy doesn't love me for my days off, not being my days off. Or oh, just full stop. Uh, just doesn't love yeah, you yeah. full stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, trying to patience at the minute. But um, but no, I, I'm keen to get into that world. So I had a brilliant opportunity to uh, help out down there and um, enjoyed it last season, enjoying it this season.
1: And then box kicking, how long do you spend on box kicking? Because I mean, it's on point every game. <laughs>
5: Oh, it varies, but um probably a bit smart with how I train it now, a bit more purposeful uh, in what I'm looking looking to do. The box kit's gone way more contestable than it was, so I spend a lot of my time on distance control and, uh, and working on that part of it. But um, yeah, most sessions uh, I'll finish uh, finish with a bit of that.
3: Was I the only person to ever charge you down, with you or not? be honest it was, <laughs> tra-
5: it was in training it was only once in training it, 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 three yards offside <laughs> Standard. That, it's the only good thing I saw you doing
1: <laughs> mate you got a turnover in the premiership final against Exeter I was commentating and it was 50- I know
5: our game was already won
0: though oh, <laughs> yeah.
1: that's what he yeah. says anyway um, <laughs> last thing though mate obviously looking forward to this game this weekend we're presuming and you, you don't have to tell us but we're presuming that Saracens will go full noise they na- you now know that it's in your hands you win that game against wrestling and, and you qualify that's a huge for the club isn't it in terms of what you've been through and where you're at How, are the boys absolutely buzzing for it
5: yeah no I'm sure we'll be um, we'll be keen because it was obviously um, with the stuff going on it was uh, wondered what it was going to be like but what we said last week so we wanted to give ourselves a chance uh, we've done that uh, so I fully expect us this week to to get really stuck into it and excited about obviously a challenge of massive racing team that are playing brilliant rugby coming to Allianz Park and hopefully we get the right result and, and takes us through and see what we get
1: okay one bit of advice just stay clear of Tamafuna. I think he's hungry again I
0: think he's hungry for something. <laughs>
5: I've done well seeing away from all the big lads um, for quite a while so that'll be on the job description for the next couple of years I think <laughs> good stuff
0: Richard thank you very much for coming on the show mate. Top, be- man. best of luck this weekend and best of luck for the rest she- of the comp
5: cheers, cheers
3: Wiggy cheers Richard
0: top lad top lad Wiggy is why do you call him Richard?
3: Because he's, been, never, a, he's, he's been horrible to me. So I've, I've never heard anyone like, call I,
1: him Richard, so that call, means you don't like I'm him. I'm calling him Richard.
3: No, he doesn't like me, Makes He thinks I'm crap. Um, <laughs> still, still going, eh? Yeah. Well, it's, like him, it. it's like him and Owen. I've, I mention it every time. They, 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 I love Northerners because generally they're hard as fuk. And they're honest. And they're on- <laughs> <laughs> I just don't like honesty. Jim, you're shite. <laughs> I know. I know.
1: I know I, you're right. No, fair it's, play, Wiggy. He's, he's, he's a top man, uh, but also to still go and keep going. He's never, he's never aged. The
3: thing that fr- frustrates me is this age thing. He's 36, right? Okay. And he's playing a long time. So, how oh, weird's this? The 2006 final where Sale beat Leicester.
1: Yeah, I don't want to talk about I that I was game. playing.
3: Yeah. I scored. I scored that day. You, did you start? No, I was on the bench. No, I started. Yeah, yeah, I started. Yeah, I did you? Did you we- there you go. Um, Wiggy obviously played that game. So, he's been going a long time. Scrum half, you're in a better position in terms of not taking contact. But I just don't get you get to 33. 34, 30, 36. Pete Stringer obviously went till he was fifty-five. <laughs> <laughs> what I, I don't—it's just weird, isn't it? It's there's a there's a couple of things that bug me. Right, that's one of them is the age. You're saying to one age, or that you know, they can't play, they're out the prime, whatever. The other one is this bloody World Cup cycle. Four years on a World Cup cycle, we're building towards a World Cup. Why? Why are you building towards a World Cup? Or
1: Scotland, oh, yes. Scotland just need to worry about winning a game, mate, don't they? That's the that thing. Was,
2: that's my point. That's yeah. always I'm, my point. I'm with you on that one. Particularly because Ireland have had a shocker in every World Cup. I think it saves them. I think it gives them a, a blanket to put over. But all the fans are like, start building for the next World Cup. Crazy. You know, throw away anyone who's over 25. And you're like, well, he's like someone like in Ireland, Peter Mahoney. He's like in the next World Cup, he's probably going to be 31, 32. He's going to be... In his absolute prime, no,
3: too to old mate. People just want to buck him out of there and get an eighteen-year-old in. Because he's got grey hairs. But I'm the same as you, Andy Robinson. It was all about the World Cup in four years' time. Yeah. Oh, my, mate, we need to try and beat Romania. <laughs> <in the> or- <laughs> to forget, forget the World Cup, mate. We've got to try and win a game now or win the Six Nations. I just think people are covering their backs anyway. Richard Wigglesworth, he can still go. He probably still play for England. Well. He nearly did. Then in yeah. the World Cup, he weren't far away. No, he wouldn't have been. been. Good man, Wiggy.
0: Well, we can speak to an Osprey now, but one who's just actually announced that he's hanging up his boots at the end of the season. Friend of the show, James Hook, joins us. How are you, mate?
3: Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, boys. How's it been, Hooky? The big announcement of retirement. It's probably been what comes for everyone. Of course it does. But uh, for you personally, you know, you're a bit of a legend in Wales. You're back in Wales, um, obviously playing. Been a hell of a career, hasn't it, mate? Yeah, I'm being
6: too bad, mate. I think um, obviously I'm coming to the end of my contract at the end of this season, so yeah, I'm pushing 35 now in June. So uh, yeah, like you say, Jim, it comes comes to us all. And for me now, the time seems right.
3: And in terms of like achievements, I know I've read a few of them, but there's been a few, uh, hasn't there? But any regrets when you, when you look back on your career? Maybe not dyeing your hair in the last couple, maybe just a bit of the old fake tan use, a bit too much at times.
6: Uh, yeah, that might be one of the regrets. Yeah, but uh, on on the field, I think uh, no, I think every single player probably looks back in their career and thinks sorry, they could have done. This and that differently, but like you say, yeah, you know, I'm I'm pleased to so have had 80 odd caps and, and represented my country. You know, obviously that many times and played for the Ospreys and had experienced you know different things. Played for Gloucester and, and gone to France and gone to Europe and loads of good memories, but. um ups and downs in everyone's career so you know and mine's all no different so the
1: big question is mate obviously everyone we, we said it comes to the end for everyone at some point um how far ahead have you planned Do you want to go into coaching are you, are you looking at other different ideas as well
6: yeah yeah so I'm, I'm doing my level three now i should be finished that uh in march so i'm doing a lot with the, the under 18s in the ospreys in the academy doing the backs and things and, and the kick in the skills. So, but it's quite similar to what Wadeal what Jenkins used to do when I first started out you know he used to come around the region, obviously take me kick in and, and skills and things, but he was just sort of a bit of a mentor for me as well so if I can be that for for the young boys coming through that will be really good
3: and you mentioned obviously Wales, ospreys. The Lions is another one. The Barbarians as well.
6: That's what The we Barbarians,
3: yeah. You remember that, Jim, do I remember, mate. I was the, in the element. I how
1: the me... hell was Jim Hamilton a Barbarian? It amazes me, that.
3: Not on the pitch. Was it okay. <laughs> I was the glue. That's what Parisi said to me. You're the glue. The glue that binds his team prit, together. The, the Pritt stick. Oh, is that what it was? I, Dan, think, yeah. I think he called you a prick. I oh, did pr- prick stick, the prick, yeah. Um, but, <laughs> Look, we've got we've got to talk a little bit about the Ospreys. I was there uh, at the weekend. It'd be a difficult one, because I'm sure that you probably would have wanted to finish on a high. But things at Ospreys aren't no. going well, and that's not going to define you or the club going forward. Ha- having a couple of bad seasons, but how are things there? There was obviously something glaringly obvious around the Pro 14 media event just recently, just after Adam Part yeah. left. How has it all been? We we had uh, Gareth Anscombe on. Alanwyn Jones has been quite public last week in, in talking about it, but. For a player that's played for many, many years, has got a, a big standing in the game, what's your take on it all?
6: Yeah, it, it is tough to see and obviously, yeah, the Ospreys, you know, we only started out in 2004 but we've had a lot of success and yeah, it's a shame to see, you know, where we are at the moment, obviously it's not a great season and just just one win this year which is, uh, you know, unheard of for Ospreys but yeah, you know, I think we've got some quality players and of late now the internationals are starting to come back, we've had a lot of injuries and you know, without making excuses, you know, that hasn't helped. But yeah, it has, it has been tough, you know, you, you all know, boys, you know, when, when you're on a losing streak, you know, especially after narrow losses, you've got to pick yourselves back up, go to training on Monday and... And try and put it right, and then when it's not going right, you know it's it is tough. But like I say, there's too many good players and, and people in the Ospreys for to to continue like this for too
2: long. Hookie, back in the day, you were part of the Fab Four at the Ospreys with Shane <laughs> Williams, uh, Lee Byrne, and Mike Phillips. Uh, who came up with that idea? And uh, nah, what did you get up to? It, it wasn't
6: us. I tell you that.
2: How how was Tommy Bow not yeah, in there? How was it not a five?
6: Yeah, I don't know. He's, he's got to with that, mate. I, I don't know who came up with it. I got to be honest, but um, I think it's just obviously we were really successful. Talking about the bad times now, but. In my early career, we were really successful in the Ospreys. Won won some trophies, and probably should have done better, actually, in Europe with a squad we had. But yeah, there was a lot of a lot of good players and. Yeah, they just picked us four out as, as a Fab Four, as you say.
1: Beautiful specimens, all of you, with the fake town everywhere. Um, <laughs> let's get away from rugby for a minute, then. Let's talk about uh, you personally and what's going on off the field. You've written some children's books, haven't you? Yes. First and yes. foremost, uh, congratulations, I didn't know anyone could read or write in Wales. That's a, that's a first start. <laughs> <up. laughs> <laughs> uh, just give us a bit of uh, knowledge on your books, mate, because it's, uh, it's a great thing you're doing.
6: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I was, when I was in Gloucester, actually, my, my oldest boy, uh, when he came out to school, you know, they have the book fairs. he went to grab a rugby book and uh, where I went to get one, and all, all it was was sort of fax books and things. There was no actual sort of children's books. There was a lot of football and, and other sports. So yeah, I just sort of thought it was a bit of an opportunity to, to uh, yeah, to write some some books for you know with rugby for, for kids. And uh, yeah, I got in touch with an author and give him a few ideas. And uh, yeah, well, luckily enough, we've we've got two books published. The first one's out in in May, um, and it's basically sort of my my memories and my sort of achievements as, as, a, as a player professionally through a 10-year-old boy's eyes called, called Jimmy. So, yeah, it's all right. And hopefully, it'll, it'll go well. We'll get
3: millions sold off the back of this, mate. We'll take a commission as well. All I'm saying is <laughs> I'm hoping there's no stories around the Barbarians in there or not because i need to proofread anything. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that, that's when the point he gets a little
6: bit old. Like, you
3: know? Oh, that's fine. Yeah, good stuff. Well, while, while we've got you, Welsh legend, let's talk a little bit about Wales. In England, you're former club our former club Lewis Reese name has been been thrown around 18 years old yeah. can you believe that and the wheels on him yeah. um, what's your views on him and, and Wayne Pivak and the Six Nations
6: yeah oh, he's flying. Isn't he, in fairness to him so yeah I think he is Welsh isn't he so hopefully he'll uh...
3: Well, I've been
1: trying to convert him to be English mate. He's played he's just signed a new deal uh, for Gloucester an extended contract a proper professional contract to stay in England but he's unfortunately he said he wants to play for Wales that's his dream and I, I'm like why mate 25 grand a game England <laughs> you know much better uh, that is one thing, the, actually, the white yeah. jersey
3: because it's not about the money is it hockey what would you reckon No no
6: tournament no no <laughs>
3: coming from hockey
6: what? What do you mean? I've been saying this. like selfishly, obviously. I hope he, he gets picked in the Six Nations because he, he's flying and 18 years old, and not you know if, when, a, when a guys playing like that, you want him, you want him playing for your country. And uh, yeah, I'm sure he will. He will get picked. And uh, you know, he, he probably fits the style of uh, Stephen Jones, the way he wants to play, and Wayne, Wayne Pivac. So. Yeah, are lucky to get named and, and get some game time.
3: So you genuinely think that he'll be picked in the in the squad then, and you think there's a good chance that he'll feature probably against Scotland. Why been horrible, Goody? Um
6: <laughs> Oh, I think he, he should get named in, in the squad. Obviously we've got a you know, fantastic back three with with Liam Williams, half Benny, George North, Josh Adams, these sort of boys. But I think like you say, if he's uh if he's you know good enough. He's old enough, isn't
2: he? I was doing my research on Twitter, and I read that he's actually potentially not English qualified yet. So there's one for you. Oh well, now Let, let's right. let's be honest. Eddie's so, found him, and he said no. No, he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't want to no, yeah. everyone hates the English. Um, who's going to be playing thirteen?
6: That's a good question. Uh, Josh Adams and George North played thirteen for the clubs last weekend, so I think maybe the coaches, Welsh coaches, had an influence on on that selection. So there's a lot of centres out injured, also. You're in Watkins, Jonathan Davies. Pretty much only Hadley Parks, the, the fit centre at the moment. Scott Williams as well. Who's, who's he, he didn't play last week. He was injured, but I don't think he's long term, so he could come into the equation. But Hadley Parks and yes, it's out to Scott Williams, George North, and Josh Adams. So yes, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting.
0: All right, James. Thank you very much for coming on the show, mate. Best of luck for your final season and of course your uh, quest to be the next J.K. Rowling. <laughs>
1: hey, cheers, boys. Good to speak to you. Cheers, hooky. Yeah. Nice, good man. Cheers, mate.
6: About,
0: top Top lad. Good good lad. Top good lad. Top lad. lad. is.
1: Yes, about. mate. Yes. He'll make a hell of a coach, actually, I reckon. His knowledge and yeah, all, the, all the experiences he, he'll have from playing in France, from international rugby, under different coaches all over the shop. You pick up the good and the bad. And a lot of coaching, actually, I reckon, is knowing what not to do sometimes. Experiences. Yeah, yeah. So, wish him all the best, hookie Great bloke, lovely tan, mm. and a hell of a career he's
3: had. Mm.
2: Seriously talented player, wasn't yeah. he? Oh, yeah. He yeah, was
3: he, class. He was really good. I think, you know, he came out this week and said that it was probably... The worst thing that you could do was be so good at 10, 12, 13, fullback, whatever.
2: It's a nightmare being good at everything.
3: Oh, mate. Hey, you say, <laughs> you're speaking to the converted, mate. That's what I'm saying. What, what were
2: you good at? Say okay. What were you
3: good at? Oh, man, I'm I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Humble. <laughs> Should
0: we have a look at the rumours? Any rumour mills flying around?
3: Oh, gosh, let's. The big one Go on. that Rugby Pass published last week was around Cruzo, around George Cruz. He's got no one there now to do his training. I was there. Ending my career. I had to buy a Ford Mondeo because I thought that would give me the longest leg room. Dom Day goes there, absolutely breaks himself to the point where he brings out a CBD oil company to try and save his life, (laughs) let alone his career. He tries to go to America and he can't because he's that fucked. Cheers, Cruzo. He's got no one there. And Cruzo's like, right, I'm jumping ship. I've had enough. I don't think it's quite jumping ship. I heard Japan. There was rumors at the end of the week around Northampton, it looks like he's off.
1: Well I I heard one thing that obviously with this Ed Griffiths coming in and, you know, making these sweeping statements, riding in on his white horse, I'm gonna fix it all, we're gonna be white to them. He's been offering phone up all the clubs, we're only talking to you. Do you want this player? Do you want that player? Can we swap him? Joel Kapoku has signed for Northampton next year. Mm. He's trying to get Joel apparently from what I hear, he's trying to get Joel Capoku out of that contract and offering them George Cruz instead. And Northampton went, Nah, not so much. Uh I so- say what that
3: Joel Kapoku is not Kapopu, I'll tell you. He can fucking He he, he can go, mate.
0: Any other rumours floating around?
3: Just the Saracens one that that I've got, really. Mentioned it earlier in the show. Matt Gallagher to Munster was one that I read yesterday. Cannot see that happening. The 15 at Saracens. Dad was an all-black. Hell of a bloke. Hell of a player. You look at the profile of the team. Alex Goode. How long is he going to stay around for? You know, you could potentially see him. Why are you being friends. horrible? No, I'm just. you being horrible, I'm, man. I'm just talking about age, which I've just completely contradicted myself. Exactly. What, <laughs> what is wrong <laughs> with me? Um, but there's him. Um, there's another one. Our good friend. Best well, friend of the show. Go on. Freddie Burns. Oh, where? Well. Who? Well, yeah. How? To wasps. They're desperate. Really? Not, that they're, not that you're getting Freddie Burns. Well, you are. You're going to get Freddie Burns, one of the best blokes one of the best players, the Montpellier monster, to come and save you.
1: Lovely ball over the top at the weekend, Freddie. Mm. That floated past. Yeah. Um, uh, no sure comment. I don't, I don't. I don't know. I don't know much. Why, why
2: would
3: you not? You know everything.
2: You know everything. I don't
1: know. Any, I don't know anything at the minute. Um,
2: yeah. I can see. I can see Freddie. I know the whole Bath thing for the Burns boys is amazing, but he's a good player. He doesn't play a whole lot, of messing around at full back well, on well, the bench. Well,
1: it's weird with Bath because. They told Priestland last year, there's no contract for you. And Freddie Burns was in contract because they thought they'd sign Andre Pollard or they're trying to get a big name 10. Then they went back to Priestland. and went, actually, um, you know, we said there was no contract for you. Um, here's a contract and we're going to make you first choice again. Uh, and so Freddie's not played very much. And, uh, you know, people talk about Freddie as his game management isn't there. Absolute bollocks. But because he's got the razzmatazz and he, he's, he can create something out of nothing, he gets pigeonholed in that sort of bracket of, oh, he's just a flash player he's not he hasn't getting he's not getting enough love at bath he, i think he generally plays when they rotate their squad as we've seen in the champions cup it must um, be tough
3: for him as well when hard. he's watching his brother absolutely carving up naturally you know freddie's been the front runner when we were at gloucester and stuff like that billy was coming through horrible looking thing um <laughs> what billy <yeah>. or freddie <laughs> of, well, why have been horrible mate no freddie was right he had a decent lid and and, and whatever billy oh god <laughs> what a player now fine wine he's up a good self it's like a fine wine
2: and you guys were chatting last week it's weird how things turn you imagine when his agent phoned him and said look you're done at Gloucester. You're a club. The club you've been at since You'd be devastated. Jim tried to strangle you when you are 17 in condition games.
3: Yeah, you are speaking to Billy Burns. Yeah. You spoken to him. Coming soon.
2: Yeah, Coffee with Cave, patreon.com. Uh, Billy Burns was around um, at my chateau the other day and uh, we had a, a, a good uh, cup of coffee and a good chat. Good lad? Yeah. Well, we know he's a good lad. He's an unbelievable <laughs> lad, but he spoke a little bit about you know how he thought, you know he wanted to play for England one day, he thought he'd be a Gloucester legend like you, Jim, mm. um, and then all of a sudden, there's a signing and it's flipped on its head and you're out of there. And how fickle a game it is, he was probably dragging his heels across to Ulster and now he's he's not a million miles away from playing for Ireland and he's one of Ulster's most important players.
1: And that, that's the thing, isn't it? All due respect to Billy Burns, there was no chance, and I don't mean this disrespectfully at all, no chance he was going to become an England fly half with the players that are around and the way he was seen at Gloucester because of other players that were always going to, they're always going to try and sign a bigger name he's gone to Ulster and, and I reckon he, he should on, on form 100% should be getting capped for Ireland in, 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 in the Six Nations it's shoulder amazing shoulder
3: to shoulder, with, shoulder with <laughs> Burns.
1: to shoulder whenever, whenever Ireland oh there you go Do you um, sing that one
2: yep there
3: you did, what yep. Yep. did Rory Besterson. Um, don't reveal any more because it's going to be out on Patreon
0: patreon.com forward slash the rapy pod if you want to listen to any more of that rumor mill anything else floating around guys
1: Uh yeah we talked about the foul tackle earlier. Andre Estherhausen, Heisen, Heisen, Heisen. He's Hazen, as food. Do you remember that video that came out? They were teaching him how to tackle. Went after with after Razi Rasmus. Yeah, 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 was that him? Was it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, potentially going to Quinn's. Oh
3: well, mate, he's Sappho, he's so it would be brilliant.
1: I mean, all I'm saying is, if you see KV, you you were a centre. DC 13-229. Yep. Have you seen Janse van Rensburg at sale?
2: Yes, all oh, my quads. Would you fancy tackling that? Your man. Yeah, exactly. We'll I'd just... be
1: drifting off from a 10 to come and sweep <laughs> Chapman. I'd well, hit the
3: floor and tell <laughs> <not> Michael is. <laughs> Well,
1: this is the same sort of thing with uh, Andre Esterhausen. Uh, he could be good for them. What about Namani okay. Nandolo? You heard about this one?
3: Only uh, only recently, only the last few hours. Me and producer Tim were talking about it. It's uh, Leicester. Nandolo Imagine, to Leicester. Because Johnny May, we spoke about Sarah. There's talk of him going, I can't see it. Back to... Gloucester, yeah, May- maybe, maybe, because Charlie Sharples potentially um is coming. I don't know if it's coming towards the end. I'm just trying to. I'm trying to piece things together because stop getting rid of players that are, over are Jesus Christ! <laughs> I am a bloody hypocrite. Um, I should keep quiet. But Lewis Reese Zamet's obviously carving up the Prem. Just-
1: Thorley was awesome at the weekend as well. There you go. I mean, Thorley male Tooth. Watch Thorley run into contact. I mean, run to the space, mate. mate. You
3: run, I tell you he now, runs you take some advice. Run to the space because your career will be cut significantly short if you keep on taking contact. Little he family. runs hard. He runs hard. Um, yeah, so Nadola. Can you imagine him at Leicester? Leicester looking bad. Playing against Jersey. I mean... I'm telling you now, Leicester ain't going down.
1: Leicester ain't who's going, going down.
2: Who's going down? Irish. It, it pains me to say it. Definitely Lunash. Come on, you Irish! I like a bit of Irish. Yeah, it's weird because I've watched. Why, why been horrible?
1: You should so have it, signed
3: that, Jim. So they've oh, no. I'm glad I didn't. Um, so the Coleman signed right, and if the rumours are correct of nine hundred thousand pound, and they're only rumours, I don't want to be horrible. <laughs> but is he thirty-four? Nine hundred grand. Anyway, I don't want to judge certain players, but I'm just looking. You're spending nine hundred thousand pound nine no chance anyway you've been a judas I, I yeah i am but or like jealousy nine, 900 grand you best be good and you best be as good as richie mccall was good
0: should we finish things off with the good the bad and the ugly oh gosh lads. oh let's yeah the good
1: uh as ever plenty of good this week uh we'll start off with one of my favorite players at the minute lewis reese zamit he was awesome again for gloucester Against Montpellier, creating, scoring, doing the lot. He's outstanding. Uh, what else was good? Saracens. We'll put them in the good. We've given oh, them some look, stick.
3: Yeah, Wiggy's been on here. Look at you.
1: My old mate, Richard Wigglesworth, uh, marshalling Saracens to an away win, despite going down to 14 men after five minutes, and Reese Curry's red card. So that was absolutely outstanding. Uh, what else was good? Clermont 29-13 winners over Ulster. Uh, the big game this weekend. Uh, Moala, tackle him. Or oh, Raka. Ridiculous. Raka.
2: Oh, no. Oh,
3: Poor belly. That stadium, yeah. <laughs> that stadium looked amazing.
1: That uh, stadium looked amazing. They're back on form, so great to see Clermont doing well. What else was good? The thriller at Scotstoun. Glasgow against Exeter. 31 all. great game. Absolutely outstanding rugby to watch. That was a brilliant thing to see. What else was good? Wasps. We're putting Wasps in the good this week. Not many teams go to France and just notch up 50 points, boys. So uh, we're definitely going in with them. Wasps outstanding over in Agen.
3: So hang on. You put in Wasps in the good. Yeah, and 50 points our Arpen. <laughs> <laughs> Mate.
1: Mate, how many teams in England go to France and put 50 uh, on a team so they're going in there. Uh what else right. was good? Uh, Rattins performance against Munster, especially the last 10 minutes pulling away from them. Uh, outstanding Toulouse. Their away victory at Connacht. Not many French teams travel well, do they?
3: I had Connacht down to win that game. You in did. my rugby pass predictions You in did. the lead up, yeah.
1: And that was wrong James was. I
3: mean it was it was always going to be a big call.
1: Uh what else was good? Chris Boyd's honesty. Anyone see his interview after the yeah, game? Of I quite like that. They got a bit carried away with just going after the bonus point early. And their performance wasn't great, was it? They get the bonus point towards the end. Uh, but Chris Boyd came out and said it was embarrassing. It was, He had to apologise to all the fans and all this stuff. <laughs> when you're winning, it's quite a good interview and you're very honest. So, uh, sort of interview you expect from a director of rugby after you've just taken 50 points. A bit like Paul Gustav would have had to do to Quinn's after they got hammered by sale at the weekend before... Uh, So Chris Boy's honesty, that goes in the good. But the good this week goes to one Nigel Owens. Um, He uh, he got contacted on Twitter uh, to say, a little boy at our local rugby club is currently in hospital and sadly lost his legs and arms to a horrific disease. They're holding a charity match in Skipton, North Yorkshire on the 29th of Feb, 2020. And the question to Nigel Owens was, how much would it cost to have you attend? Nigel Owens comes back. It would cost you nothing at all for me to referee the game for the young lad. It would be an absolute honour. We'll DM you my contact to see if he can make it work. What a legend Nigel Owens is. Good man. The good this week goes to Nigel. Uh, The bad. We'll start with Bath, shall we? It was a dead
3: rubber though. Dead rubber.
1: But they've lost all five games in Europe and it looks, with the fact they're going over to Ulster this weekend who need the win, like they could lose all six games in Europe, which is not good for anyone. Well, they could go over over there and hoover up.
5: Oh Jim. Amazing.
1: <laughs> A similar team to be pretty poor and underwhelming in Europe. They're in the bad this week. Montpellier. Lost, lost away at Gloucester, another one of Jim's old clubs. Um what is going on in Montpellier? You expect them year in, year out to produce something good. And all ti- the money, all the money. Mate, I tipped them for quarter finalists, I think, start of the season. Mm. What do I know? Not Montpellier, absolutely garbage. But credit to Gloucester. <laughs> credit to Gloucester. What else is bad? Well, you talk about an English team going over to France and putting 50 points on a French team. Well, in the bad this week goes, another one of my old clubs, Breve. They lost 52 points to three at Bristol. They've taken 50, so they go in the bad. Do you get what I've done there, Jim?
3: Yeah, if you, you've flipped it around. You there flipped flipped, flipper, flipper. My, old,
1: my old clubs, one's in the good wasps, was, was, wasps, and one's in the bad, Brief for taking oh, 50 gosh. at Bristol's. But the bad this week has to go. I'm going back to France, boys. What oh, shock dude. horror. I'm going back to France and Roman Poit. He's got to get the bad. That refereeing display at times, and especially not giving the red for Gibbons, is a red all day long. There is no, no, Foss. That's a red card, mate. It's you, an elbow. You've had an absolute shocker. Uh, so the bad this week goes to Roman Poit. Uh, the ugly. Only really one bit of ugly I could find this weekend. What, what have you got? Well, there were a few red cards, uh, and some of them were debatable. Some of them were for tackles and non intentional. But I'm commentating on Larochelle against Sale. The big one. On Friday night. The Ugly this week is going to go to Valerie Morozov. He was being choked out by Tamani at La Rochelle, and that was bad. So he got a yellow card for that. It's full on chokehold. It was like Jim Hamilton, WWE.
3: On my sister. Yeah. yeah. Back in the day. She was figure four leg locks. She used to tap, give it 30 seconds and I'd release. What a brother. <laughs> what a brother, eh?
1: And then she comes and looks after the kids on uh, New Year's Eve. Yeah, good on her. But anyway, so he's being choked out. Then he flips out of it. Tamani's on his back. Flip reverse, flip the do and he just goes full shoulder to the head like that was an assault Red mist. you don't fuck with the Russians <laughs> you do, mate, and when he crazy. did it I'm like oh my goodness you lock just your up. Lock nah, your just, up. just lock everyone up because the Russians are coming uh, so unfortunately this week the ugly goes to Valerie Morozov
0: thanks Goody. and you've got a shout out to finish off with don't you Jim?
3: I've it- got two shout outs two? yeah I've got one for myself and Ruby pass we've released the Barbarians documentary I don't know if you've seen it you're going to see it. I'm gonna going to watch it. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it. One of my proudest moments ever. Not the kids. Um, yeah. Of course. Uh, and this is a proud moment for me because we've put full production behind it and it looks very good. Anyway, so I'm happy. So big shout out to Jim Hamilton. Oh God, that's me. Third person. <laughs> and we've got another one. They're all good. They're all good this week. Jade has been in touch and her husband, Matt Bridgman, massive fan of the pod. And he's turning 30 stone. So he's turning 30. Not thirty stone, it could be thirty stone, who knows? This week's so a happy birthday, old
0: fella. And we'll catch you at a live show to drink a pint responsibly. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Goody. Thanks, KV. Thanks, Producer Tim, and thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, follow us on Twitter, review us on iTunes, and check out our Superfans monthly subscription service at patreon.com forward slash rugby Pod. Thank you, Andy Rowe. We never say that enough. You're gonna make me cry. Thank oh. you. That's okay, no.
3: Calm down. Rugby pod. Rugby pod. Pod pod. pod.